Hey everyone, Papa Novak here, and we're excited to welcome Bruce Finkelman to the No Wristbands podcast. Bruce is a co-founder of 16 on Center, a Chicago-based hospitality group. He is probably best known as the owner of the iconic Chicago music club, The Empty Bottle. Over the past 15 years, 16 on Center has grown rapidly, adding music venues like Space, Dahlia Hall, Promontory, and most recently, The Salt Shed. Along the way, they've expanded into dining with Dusex, Longman and Eagle, Revival Food Hall, and even opened Ali Ali Market in New York City. Bruce tells us all about how his love of music led to this incredible career. Thanks for listening. Hello and welcome back to the No Wristbands podcast. I am your host, Mark Joyner, joined as always with Papa Novak. And we are here today with Bruce Finkelman of 16 on Center, who uh, owns and operates and runs some some music venues from across the city and some restaurants. So nice to meet you, Bruce. Oh, that was such a gentle and lovely introduction. <laughs> there we go. I'm a quick learner. Uh, yeah. So let's just jump into it. Uh, you you bought the space or you rented the space and started Empty Bottle with not even a grand in your pocket. Uh, walk us through that crazy idea and how we got to that point. Well, I mean, it, it kind of started when I was in college and, you know, I was having trouble kind of finding my way, um, you know, with, with who... I felt akin to and where I felt akin to. And somebody invited me to a concert at a place called the blue note, which was in Columbia, Missouri. And it was this band uh, that uh, I don't know if you've heard of called the violent Femmes. Mm -hmm. We're playing to about 45 people. And uh, I just was transformed. And I mean, I tell the story that, you know, I got, I got thrown up on, I was in the middle, <laughs> I was in the front row. Uh-huh. But that whole experience was very transformative for me. And, you know, I walked in that night to the blue note as a customer and I didn't walk out for three years after as an employee. Wow. And I just fell in love with live music and I felt mm-hmm. in love, I fell in love with, the artists and I fell in love with the people that were surrounding it and the viewpoints and the conversations and just everything about it kind of spoke to me in a manner to which I had never felt before. Um, when I came back to Chicago, I did my best to try to become involved with the local music scene. Um, I was good friends with the fine people over at Lounge Jacks. I was, mm-hmm. uh, I went to all the shows. I tried to apply for jobs all over and it wasn't. It just wasn't my time. Um, and I went to work for a fine gentleman who all he did was open up uh, live or uh, uh, venues and restaurants for uh, rich stockbrokers. Mm. And I learned how to open places and I learned mm-hmm. the ins and outs of all that. And uh, the real crux of it was going to Hyatt and working for them for three years. Mm-hmm. and really getting a very big glimpse, a very solid glimpse of what I didn't want to do with my <laughs> Well, that's and, just as uh, important as what you did want to do, right? Right, right. Yeah, I mean, right. look, it's, it just, this, the story needs to tell you both, both the things that you are all about and the things that you are all against, and they all have a part of the story. But 
one of those nights dejectedly uh, taking off a suit jacket that was too small for me and that I could barely cross my arms with and driving around the city, you know, I saw this, this parent sign on this little baby bar on Western Avenue at around two 30 in the morning, <laughs> wrote down the number because we didn't have, you know, we didn't have ways of snapping a picture of the parent sign, uh-huh. called the person and signed up for the place. And with $942 in my pocket and a lot of great people, um, around the neighborhood helped us started the empty bottle at the original location on, uh, on uh, Walnut and Western. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Uh, my dad always says only the best decisions get made after midnight. So <laughs> seeing the empty bottle at two 30, I mean like it's go time. There you go. The I, I, I agree with your dad. It's after one o'clock that the decisions start to become skewed. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, love that. So, um, how how do you start to like build momentum right so like you have notoriety you have like your your crew from your time in mizzou uh mm-hmm. how how do you like build enough cachet to start booking bands or is it just like as simple as like put out the sign and people start filing in saying like hey i want to play shows here well i mean this was a little this was a little mom pop bar so you know there mm-hmm. was it was you know it's a it's a deeply ukrainian and polish neighborhood so we had people that were you know re- old regulars that had been going to that bar for you know 15 20 years and these guys were carpenters and whatever and whatever mm-hmm. and i said i want to i want to build a stage over the pool table you know can one of you guys do it and one of the guys did it and uh you know, I, it had always been my dream to book live music, and I was really, really excited about it. And, you know, I remember the day that it was a band called The Cocktails. and mm-hmm. um, Mark Greenberg. Yeah. yeah. And I was just so excited about it. And I was bartending, and I invited my landlord, and I'm like, this is going to be great. This is going to be – this is like the starting of my life. This right. is the chapter. This is what <laughs> no we pressure. culminate no everything pressure. like Right. No, but I felt great about it. I mean, yeah. the place was packed, right? And I and I saw my landlord who walked in who owned a uh, owned a fishery company and he was in his white frock. He's a pretty heavy set big Ukrainian fella. And he just looked at me and shook his head and that was the last show that ever happened at that <laughs> empty bottle. <laughs> but but I mean, you know, it was like the the bug was the bug, it wasn't even a bug to be caught, but it was mm-hmm. like when you all, when you get a glimpse of a dream, when you get a glimpse of something coming to reality. And I mean, my, the, the work that had been done at the old empty bottle and kind of setting forth this trajectory was really opening up the place and putting together a place where I felt comfortable and like I belonged with the hopes that other people felt mm-hmm. like that too. Sure. And they really, it really wasn't about anybody liking me, disliking me, but it was, you know, hey, we all like this kind of music, or you know, we like this kind of artwork, or we, you know, this is this feels good, and there's supposed to be that everybody is equal here, and there's, you know, this is just a, a, an inclusive place, and I think that people kind of gravitated around it, so that when. I did want to do other things. There were people that were part of that community already that were knowledgeable mm-hmm. about that. 
right? Mm -hmm. And could help me find my way through it, right? So it almost became, um, it almost became a, a, a position of being a facilitator, right? And having these folks that were really talented doing these individual things, giving them the playground to be able to do that. And, you know, very much to this day, I follow along with that same kind of feeling where we're just trying to put people in the position where they can succeed at the things that they're excited about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And right. so a good leader. Yeah. Well, I don't know about that or, or <laughs> if it's just a matter of just understanding, you know, what I wanted and, and, and in that time and how I was able to achieve it. And maybe because of the fact that I was so blessed to be able to get to that point, to mm -hmm. be able to, to pay it forward and give people the opportunity to get their goals as well. Yeah. I, I love that. Um, well, I, I think it really does speak volumes to get people in the right places and let them do their thing. Yeah. C clearly after that first show you you could see that the whole thing was going to work for you except now you didn't have a club because the <laughs> owner said no so uh um you know w w we've talked with many people about how and and we'll talk about it l a little later but like dealing with the city of chicago and finding a location and all that is a very difficult thing so how did you luck into the fact that just down the street is the empty bottle too um you know a place a, a place that'll work perfect for it well, it was known as it was known as in the neighborhood as the bucket of blood. That's what uh, <laughs> it was. It was the friendly inn, uh -huh. and it was like I said, it was known in the neighborhood as the bucket of blood because you never knew what kind of mayhem was happening. In place. <laughs> and you didn't want to uh, keep that name. Uh, you know what? I felt the empty bottle had a better ring to it. Right. And, and right. back, I think back it does. in those back in the, that time, what it was going to be was that the empty bottle was going to remain where it was, and that was going to be the annex. It was going to okay. be called the empty bottle annex. Okay. But when we had that fateful show where the guy decided that that wasn't the way it was going to go, we decided to put all our eggs in a mm -hmm. collective bucket of blood basket and bring <laughs> it down the street from there. And it was it was crazy, like. Where Bike Cafe or where Pizza Friendly Pizza is now, mm -hmm. there was a Polish swimsuit manufacturer. Okay. And in the basement, which is literally five and a half feet high, uh -huh. <laughs> they had, it was filled with um, sewing machines. Wow. And they, and they were making stuff. And in the bottom of the bottle basement, um, these guys kept telling me that they used to have wrestling down there. And I was always like, yeah, 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 whatever, whatever, whatever. And one day he actually came in and brought a picture. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I can only imagine. Those walls could talk, huh? Yeah. Uh, uh, with, without a doubt. Without a doubt. <laughs> Especially after, you know, after us being in there for 30 years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If those walls could talk. Holy yeah. moly. <laughs> uh, so when do you feel like Empty Bottle 2, uh, as we know it, the current Empty Bottle, uh, is like a well-oiled machine? Like, when do you feel like, yeah, this this has legs, like, I'm doing it. Like, this this went from an idea to, like, implementation. Like, I'm, I'm cruising. Like, this is a thing now. Yeah, we got it made now. Well, well, Mark, I, I will tell you, to this day, I don't think we've hit it. <laughs> I thought you might say and, that. And, 
And I, and I mean that in, you know, in, in, you know, I, I'm not trying to be evasive of the answer or whatever, but it's just, you know, it's, it's a, you know, I, I try never to rest on our laurels and I try not to let anybody else, you know, because there's a really, there's a, there's reminders everywhere that what's mm-hmm. here now could be gone tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really important that if you give people, you know, there can't be a day that you stop giving people a reason to come to your places. And there can't be a day that you forget or stop giving people reasons why they should spend their money with you. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So the minute that we stop doing that, and I've seen in certain periods of our, of my business existence where we faltered in one way or another, where we have become too big for our britches, where you kind of quickly find out that, that's not gonna. That's not gonna. Mm-hmm. Uh, not gonna be your legacy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. People definitely uh, have choices. So, yeah. <laughs> especially in Chicago, there's yeah music everywhere. Yeah, and 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 rightfully so, as we as we you know as we tout that the city of Chicago is better, one of the best music scenes in the country. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. Is that you want that kind of you want that kind of um, differentiation between different things that are happening all over the city. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as much as as much as you know, all of us are trying to put food on our table, you know. But you, mm-hmm. you get the competition is a good thing to have. Absolutely. Uh, but so you know, did we reach that point after we moved the bathroom the fifth time to a different <laughs> location? Did we did we reach that that you know when we when we broke down another wall to go into another space with the hopes that the ceiling wouldn't fall down? Uh-huh. Is it is it when we we opened up a bar upstairs? And the Department of Buildings, the guy who ran the Department of Buildings, um, came down there one day and he said, Bruce. I'm just going to be straight with you. You are never going to open up that place upstairs. And I said, okay. I, I mean, these are all things that, right. you know, that happen that, that are part of the story that you're writing. Yeah, right. Uh, what do you attribute the bottles staying power to, you know, you're 30 plus years in now. What, what, why do you think people still revere the empty bottles so much? I would like to think that we all kind of understand that, a, not everybody's going to like the music that we're putting on, right? Mm-hmm. The the best thing that we can hope for is that somebody who walks in that door goes, man, this fucking sucks, but I understand why it's on stage, right? Yeah. I understand mm-hmm. why it's, it's relative. It, it, it makes sense that this is popular, right? So I think that kind of understanding of being inclusive, but also understanding that there's no way that you can please everybody all the time. It just doesn't work. So if we kind of, if we kind of all kind of get together and we build places that we're like, what would you like to see right now? What would make Mm -hmm. you happy? What would make you want to come in here? That hopefully there's a few other sods out there that feel the same and are going to come in. Right. Mm-hmm. I also think another thing that that I've been able to do, and it's hard because I still love what I do so much, is to get out of the way and let other people do their thing. Mm-hmm. And you know, I've got a managing partner now. Which, if you had told me um, three years ago that that would happen, I would tell you you were fucking crazy. <laughs> but Matt Charlulli is, you know, he's worked there forever. He lives, he breathes the empty bottle. He's you know, he's been through different incarnations of of what's happened there. And, you mm-hmm. know, 
uh, last year I, I gave him the reins of it and I cannot be prouder of what he's done and what the awesome. team's done there in the current iteration. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's a, it's always a great experience going to the bottle. I, I'm not trying to blow smoke up your ass, but I always have a great well, time when I'm there. And, and, and I think part of, part of the staying powers, part of the success is um, that you guys understand the Chicago music community and the the empty bottle is a is a very appropriate uh, reflection of that. Um, I mean, it's it's Chicago, it's Midwest. It's a very DIY space, as mm-hmm. as the word is, and it always yeah. has been. And you know, like I remember, you know, we what was it like six years ago, five years ago. I mean, the floors were literally like, I was afraid that people were going to be in the basement, you know, when they <laughs> came into play. And we sanded and, and we, did the, we redid the floors. And I remember when people were coming in that first weekend and the look of like utter horror, right? <laughs> that something had been changed, yes, right? That, right. That, that how, how dare us do something. And it was really, you know, it, 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 it kind of, keeps us in this this uh you know this lane right like mm-hmm. it's kind of like a waterfall that you throw ideas about and you go well you know should we should we make the bar brass now and you go well you know was that what the space was intended to be you know it's just a corner bar no mm-hmm. and i think it's important that we keep kind of running things by that waterfall to keep it true mm-hmm I love that the waterfall now accepts credit cards. <laughs> it was a big one. Yeah, it was a big one. Was, it was a big one. Was no, if I night I was going to the bottle, I'm like, I had to go stop by an ATM. I got to make sure I have enough money. because I'm going to want to get after it. Then I was like, Does it accept cards now? Like, <laughs> God, what an incredible day. <laughs> Once again, that, that took, that took 12 years to wow. get to the point where we, we could do that. I mean, uh, it was just, it was like, you know, there was, you know, there was a lot of people that felt like cap should be the only that there should be some sort of like like barrier to entry, mm-hmm. right? And if you didn't have enough cash, then maybe you were done for the night. <laughs> I, I like right, that right, yeah. Right? Like if you yes. if your bank account wasn't going to give you any more money out of the ATM, you know, maybe <laughs> it's time to go home. It's time to go home. Yeah. Like, so the last I like thing that. I wanted people to see was like when they woke up on Monday it was to be like, fuck, how did I spend $500 at the empty bottle? You know, I'd be like, what? Uh-huh. Yes. I don't want that to be the demise of somebody's, uh, <laughs> somebody's ramen eating for the next day. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, maybe yeah. it would spur them on to greatness. Like, Oh, I have less than a thousand dollars now. Bruce. Time to do something. Right. Yeah. Right. Time yeah. to do something special. Right. <laughs> uh, so shifting gears a little bit, um, when you, uh, 16 on center, uh, it runs many different venues across the city, restaurants and in concert halls. Uh, when did you decide like empty bottles, not challenging enough for me? I need to add some more stuff onto my plate. Well, bite was built, you know, probably a year in because back then there was no food options out there. Mm-hmm. And the, the story I always like to tell me is I ate Polish and Ukrainian food so much that my arteries were just, I couldn't move my arms. <laughs> so, you know, we, we built a, we built a place where people could eat and we wanted to build a place where um, bands could eat 
and bands could feel like they were getting like a great square meal away from the road and, and, you know, things like fettuccine Alfredo and stuff like that. And we found a really great chef too, because I knew nothing about restaurants. Um, but that was kind of the first foray. The second foray was uh, the Empty Bottle Presents, which was mm-hmm. as these bands that we were growing with and that had started out at the bottle as they became bigger and we couldn't house them anymore at the bottle, they were looking for other scenarios to be able to play and they wanted to work with us. So we became really good at finding places, you know, like now Brent's really into doing them at the Bohemian National Cemetery, right? Mm-hmm. And, and down at the, at, uh, the Rockefeller Chapel. But we were, we became very good at finding alternative spaces for bands to play in that were part of our, you know, part of our relationships. And then, uh, you know, as our taste changed and I discovered that I really liked bourbon, you know, and uh, we really liked food, we opened up Longman and Eagle. Mm-hmm. And I think great spot. The ways that we have continued to grow have been because of the fact that. You know, we don't really choose projects, but projects choose us, right? I remember the first time that um, Craig, my partner, called me from sitting on standing on stage at Dahlia Hall, and he goes, get over here right now. And I went over there, went into that place, and he just said to me, and he said, I guess we found our next project. <laughs> wow. And what a project it is. I was just yeah. there last Wednesday for yeah. a hotel year in Fox, and great, great. Show yeah, in space. That was a good show. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so the spaces pick you. Have you ever, have you ever chosen a space and been like, no, started down like you know your your second floor bar and been like, no, you know what, that's not right. There are so many different projects that that go across our our threshold on a daily, weekly, or monthly mm-hmm. basis that we turn most of them down. Or sometimes they turn us down, you know, because we're a very specific group of people on the way we work. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there are there are quite a few projects that you look at and that 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 come at you and that looks really great and shiny and perfect. And at some point, you have to kind of as as my partner Craig will say to me, he'll say, you know, you got twenty four hours in a day, so you got to kind of pick how you're gonna sure. you're gonna use those hours. Yeah, like, yeah, and you also have to have that vision because uh, I. I always go back and forth. It's is it Thalia or is it Talia? I always say Talia. I want to make sure I'm saying it right. So it kind of depends on what where, where you grew up and and what your ethnicity is. There's a okay. lot of people that call it Talia. Okay. okay. So it, it, it kind of differentiates. Which, which okay. so we've 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 decided that you can kind of call it whatever the hell you want. Okay. All right. Okay, good. So good. I'm gonna stick with Talia. So yeah, it takes some sort of vision to see Talia Hall, this this op- former opera house, right? That's been closed for years, and be like, I could turn this into a venue. Like that takes mm-hmm. some hubris. That takes some balls. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. Yeah. And, and a restaurant yeah, so and, a, and a bar in the basement. And yeah. Yeah. One thing's not enough. I think you know. I think it's it's you know. There's there's this thing, and once again, I I I give this to my partner Craig, who said, you know, we like the this and that principle. You know, the idea that one business has to take all the blame for doing shitty or all the accolades for doing really great. If you have a couple of things or two or three things that are happening, mm-hmm. or you get some other people to play along with you, then everybody's kind of like trying to reach for that that 
you know, that golden apple. Why, why not? It's, sure. it's, it's much easier to hit that, those numbers if, if you have a whole bunch of people playing in the sandbox working together. Yeah, that's that, that's that Chicago spirit, right? Like, we're all in this together. It's all <laughs> I, what I really like is on 60 on center's website. I was looking through it the other day doing my homework. Hate to say it, I don't do my homework, but I do. Uh, I really like that. If you click on one of your, your projects on there, your concepts, excuse me, as they call them on the website, it will also say like, Hey, you're going to be in this neighborhood. Here's some other cool things that you can do there that aren't, you know, definitely uh, associated with 16 on center. I think that's like a really amazing thing to like extend this olive branch and be like, Hey, you're going to be down here. You got to check this out. Mm-hmm. Well, each place is part of the community in which it resides in. Right. So, I mean, any, 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 thinking about it in any other terms is a recipe for disaster. You know, you take care of the neighborhood that you, that you reside in. And then anything that else comes in from farther out is pretty much just graving. Um, and we've been very lucky to be able to not only have the have you know have that community in mind and as fans of what we do but we're also pretty great at being or pretty lucky to be able to have people coming in from from the surrounding areas to come visit us as well Mm -hmm. so um it's important but i also think like the minute that you stop forgetting you, you know you stop um catering towards your neighbors in your community you kind of kind of can falter pretty quickly yeah, I, I think that's a, a really great right. way to look at it. Yeah. Very yes. like, generous, I would say. Um, uh, how, uh, how how did you how did you originally get get connected with Craig? Uh, I know he was uh, he used to be in bands. He must be a music fan, and that he got into construction because well, bands don't pay anything. So uh, um, so so how did you end up getting started with him? So Craig has, you know, throughout his his real estate career, and I mean, yes, he 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 was a he was Bill. He was a cabinet maker, and then he had a two flat, and then he had a couple two flats, and you know, he built his business um, into a Blue Star into just an amazing company. Mm-hmm. But the one thing that he always, you know, he's always been a patron of the arts, and he had a. Um, he had a comedy theater on uh, Broadway and Belmont called the Lakeshore Theater. And in Empty Bottle Presents, we were always looking for places to do shows. Mm-hmm. And we wanted to do a Bon, bon Iver show. And we were like, he wants to do a seated show. He wants to do a theater place. We don't know of any theaters we could do it. But what happens if we call up these guys in this comedy club mm-hmm. and do it there? And we did him. We did Joanna Newsom. We did. Wow. Oh, my God. I mean, we did so many people in that space. And like one day, you know, you know, I, I would see Craig around because it was his face, but he wasn't running it. You know, his, he asked me, he was like, hey, I want to do a party and I want to do RJD2. And we're like, hey, we'll book it for you. And we did. <laughs> and we just started to become I mean, he's just an amazing fella. And at one point when I was trying to open Longman, um, we were having problems with the financing and mm-hmm. I didn't quite understand they were the market. We were going through the, the tail end of uh, one of a, a terrible economic cycle. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really understand how I was going to be able to get the money. And he was able to kind of walk us through 
kind of how we could finance this thing and make this dream happen. Mm -hmm. And he became an investor and, you know, the dream kind of started from there. He's been a a good friend, a great mentor, and just a a great uh, person to have on this wacky ride of ours. Awesome. (laughs) Awesome. Uh, I totally lost my train of thought. It was going to be a great question. You know, and also he designs all the spaces that we, you know, you know, he's, they're 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 a design and build so i mean we're mm-hmm. he's at the table like arguing about where we're going to put things and you know we're trying to tell him where we want it but he, he <laughs> he's very good at what he does so those touches that you see at thalia and you see at salt shed and you see at revival food all and you see elsewhere those are those are from the from the the crazy brain of craig golden awesome well Thank you very yeah, we, much, Craig. We, we, we've covered the, the $942 start to uh, the empty bottle. Uh, obviously, Italia Hall was a huge project. And then and then you've got a 50-plus million-dollar project in the salt shed. I mean, talk about you know how you go from the beginning to that point. I mean, that's it seems very daunting. You know, I think that... Once again, with the with the great people that include, you know, the great people that Craig and I have had on our team and had at our, our disposal, we've been able to really be able to dream these things up and be able to find ways to make them happen. Um, it is extremely daunting, but it was extremely daunting when we built Thalia. Right? Mm-hmm. Sure. It was extremely daunting when we built Revival Food Hall. Right. Mm -hmm. It was extremely daunting when we built Promontory. You know, these are all different situations. We have a we have a food hall in New York now. I mean, it's like Mm -hmm. these are all very daunting things, but they're all stepping stones to be able to continue to do different things and and have more experience. Um, I don't think anything ever um, really put us in that position of being. being aware of how much life would change as we started going into the salt shed. Uh-huh. But I think that the process has been long enough that you get to be more comfortable with it every single day you're building it. And we also have been lucky to be able to afford time and also to be open to letting some things happen organically and not having to plan every little thing out and giving mm-hmm. ourselves some rooms to grow during the process. It's a more frustrating process for sure. Um, there's a lot more gray hairs and people getting ulcers. But I think at the end of the day, the product that you end up coming up with, if you don't stick to that original plan and you let it be able to deviate mm-hmm. and grow and, and, you know, bubble up, I think you find yourself with a much, with, with a much better and, and can much better product, uh, much better product at the end of the day. Uh, I feel like you must have read my questions beforehand because this segues really nicely into it, which is like, with that being said, how does what what Salt Shed is now differ than what the concept was when you were thinking it up? Well, I don't even know. I mean, the inside had a pretty good, you know, a pretty good, head start in what it is today. Mm-hmm. But 
if you we, I, you might not know this, you you might know this, but in the beginning there were two sheds, right? There was there there was a there's the the west shed, which is now currently the 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 music room, right? The live okay. the indoor space. Mm-hmm. But there was mm-hmm. another east shed that was a little bit smaller. So that shed was going to be part of the original plan of of what we were going to do with it. Um, but that we found out that that's that shed had fallen on such disrepair. There was no way that we could save both the sheds. Mm -hmm. So that shed got taken down and, you know, that opened up us having an outdoor uh, fairground, which was really important to us. That, that feeling of having a space that, that had that community feel as a fairground kind of gives you that vision of, right. Mm -hmm. Um, I also think the way that, you know, we still have visions for the way that some of those other spaces will end up being in the next couple of years. Mm-hmm. But how it goes from there to there, you know, from here to there is, is you know, it, it'll be interesting to see, you know, as we look back on how different they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, it's a beautiful space. I've enjoyed my time being over there. So uh, thank you for building it. Uh, it's when, There's a lot, a you, lot of people that are there. Are a lot of people that are there to be thanked sure. ahead of me for sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, if you want to shout any of them out, by all means, go for it. Yeah. <laughs> I, there's so many to mention, but as long as you know, my partner Craig is is instrumental in making these, yeah. these things happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you guys decide when the next project comes along? Like, you're like, okay, we just we just bit off probably more than we can chew. We finally got this thing going. When are, do you well, start to get is, like antsy or what, what happens there? I, you know, this is probably the most frustrating thing to the people that work for us because, you know, there's a lot of people in this world who like, when they think about their career, they think about, okay, well, I want to have three units by this point. I want to be able to build six units at this point. I want to have a forecast that says this is what our trajectory is as a company. Mm-hmm. But the mm-hmm. problem behind that is, is that if we are a company that builds spaces that we like with the hopes that other people like them too, if we want to build, if we want to build places that speak to us and projects that pick us, then if we're stuck trying to hit a metrics or a forecast, then we're not doing that. We're mm-hmm. going to do things that we never intended to do or should in any any world be doing. Um, so we don't really have projects that are picked out. We really do kind of, you know, there might be three or four projects that are, that are about to happen for us. And maybe one of them happens or mm-hmm. two of them happens or God mm-hmm. forbid three of them happen at the same time. <laughs> Thalia, Promontory was supposed to be built before Thalia. Okay. Okay. But Thalia and Dusex ended up beating Promontory. Longman Eagle was built before Beauty Bar, but Beauty Bar ended up opening up before Longman and Eagle. So, I mean, these things just, you just kind of like, got to get on the wave and kind of ride it to, to see what happens. Now, you have now that, like a, Oh, go ahead. Now, now that you've done a lot of projects, um, does it get easier working with the city of Chicago? I think the city of Chicago is good at some things 
and they're they're not so good at other things. Mm-hmm. So I think the understanding about how you need to work with with a with a, with a, with an organization like like you know a city um, gets more familiar, mm-hmm. and you get to understand it. But it doesn't really it doesn't really speak to how it could be so much easier. Sure. If it wasn't yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so when uh, I look at projects now, I, you know, we all kind of know where we need to go with things and the mm-hmm. people that we need to ask and the people that we need to talk to, even though they're not the people that are in charge of the thing that we need. You know, it's like a <laughs> cyclical thing that, yeah. that, that is, it's a whole different world. Yeah. Uh, uh, the, so- the, 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 the city of Chicago is blessed with independent music venues. Um, do you feel like the city itself has an appreciation for that? I mean, it's it, it really is a you know a selling point for the city um, that we that that we're able to have this. Uh, do they appreciate that? I mean, do do they appreciate the the independent music club owners? Some people do, but not to the amount that they should. Mm-hmm. The economic engine that the, the independent music venues or the music scene in Chicago has never been appreciated by mm-hmm. um, our regimes. Yeah. And I think that it's a travesty to look at like some of the things that happen in Austin and in Nashville and things and support that mm-hmm. folks got not only during the pandemic, but during the lifespan of how you try to keep a scene alive. And, you know, there's the, you know, there's, there's, there's times when it's worse. There's times when it's better. There's times when you can be hopeful for it, but you know, I love this city. I, mm-hmm. I, I was right. born here. I've, I've, you know, I've, I've put my roots in here as deep as I can get them. And I have nothing but hopes that this is going to be something that continues to, you know, be appreciated by people and city officials. So I, I you know, I cross my fingers, right? Um, as as yeah. ma- as many cities as I go to um, to to see music in, um, you know, the vast majority I'm, I'm I'm ending up in a in like a Live Nation venue. Um, and how is it that Chicago, for the most part, is still independent? independently owned clubs um you know what how how is it staying that way well what a good question (laughs) you know part of me thinks it's because you know you have these groups of of owners that are less interested in um selling out to them i think that jam has a has has a big piece of that reasoning of of why that hasn't worked out because they have such a good amount of of venues over the year that they'd wanted to stay independent so there was no real room for mm-hmm. um for live nation to come in and i think that it continues with you know bigger venues like us not wanting to be part of it sure but, but it'll really depend. I mean, you know, there's those guys are always moving and shaking. There's always yeah. new stuff that right. they're trying to do. And, you know, they just signed some deal 
becoming the biggest uh, uh, venue concessions with some, I can't remember what the company was that they, they signed that they, they partnered up with, Mm -hmm. but I mean, they're just, they're, they're, they're coming at us from all different angles. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why it was so important. That's why it was so important to keep the live nation thing or the, the Lincoln yards thing. Right. On target where people understood what was happening. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, and, there and, was no way if, if, if we walked into a situation where, you know, they took the mid tier out of concert industries, then you would see a much different landscape in Chicago. Yeah. Ab- and they're absolutely. still trying to do They're still trying to do it. And, and that's why you guys ended, ended up forming the Chicago independent venue league civil um, to, to, to battle against that. Correct. It really okay. was to look at the um, to look at the issues that were that were plaguing small venues and independent mm-hmm. venues, and try to find a way for us to have more of a voice. Mm-hmm. You know, there were a couple yeah. things that had, that had, you know amusement tax, and you know then it was Lincoln Yards right. and mm-hmm. the pandemic. You know, right. That right. you know. And you know the members of the board there. I mean, tirelessly. You know, I, 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 I the on 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 things like that. But you know, boy, are we glad as the city of Chicago to have people like that who are helping ensure that you know, we have a voice for sure. Yep. Uh, we're gonna ask you one last question about uh your your world then we're gonna ask you some chicago questions so uh we had a question about uh the hot topic of the day right now which is merch cuts but i'll let papa take it from here um nina corcoran had a article in pitchfork recently talking about uh merch cuts uh jeff rosenstock was on uh, social media a month or so ago um hot topic um, I know, you know, you guys have, you know, a policy on how you handle it and you, you how, how about some comments about it? Well, the bottles never charged merch, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, Thalia is not that. charged merch. Promontory is not charged merch. Mm-hmm. We didn't charge merch at, um, <clears throat> the salt shed unless we had to, we had to operate the merch. In, mm-hmm. in the fact that we had to pay people. Right. So that's what I have to say about that. Yeah. So it seems like it's important for you to, to, you know, give the artists every opportunity they have to, to make some money when they come and play at your space, which is great. I, I think, I think so, but you know, there also has to be an understanding that, you know, we're set up to like, we have these these folks who sell merch for us and at the salt shed, you know, there is a, you know, there can be a truck that comes in and unloads merch for a band. Right. Yeah. And they can have 50 things that they're selling and they need staff to do it and they need Mm -hmm. uh, POS systems to do it. And this, you know, if we can really sell merch very well. Right. 
but if they don't want that and they just want a place to set up and we'll help them out as much as we can, but that's where that's where the difference comes in. Sure. I think yeah, that makes it, a ton of sense. It 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 absolutely makes uh makes more sense for a for a bigger artist um you know you're supplying the people that are selling it you're good at it you're gonna sell way more than they could themselves and so you taking whatever a 10 percent cut um they're, they're still gonna make more money than they would if they did it themselves so you know it makes sense for that you know some some of the venues once again, Live Nation venues that that are taking major cuts and they're doing it to small bands that are, you know, doing it all themselves anyway, just don't make sense. So, well, now that's over with. And I think now they're actually paying the bands some sort of a travel fee or something like that. Oh, I've, yeah. I've, I've read that and there, you know, it's, it's some partnership with Willie Nelson or something, but um, I, I just can't imagine that that continues on just knowing how they like to operate. So, I mean, they got some good press for it right yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. 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 They're, they're smart people. <laughs> they are dead. Uh, there's definitely, there's definitely some smarty pants over there for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now to pivot to some Chicago based questions. So feel free to, answer as robustly or as matter of factly as you so choose on these. Yes. So the first one is uh Chicago people love their pizza. Are you a, a thick slash like deep dish pizza fan? Or are you a, a thin uh, Chicago style, like tavern crust pizza guy? I love them both. There if you give me uh well, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Nick and Vito's. Uh -huh. Vito and Nick's, I can't remember yeah. which one. Mm -hmm. It's like an otherworldly experience, and I fucking love it. Yeah. Yes. It's well worth the drive, and the drive yes. makes it even a better experience because it's not like it's right not only the that, but it's like you walk into that place and it's like that weird blue green color. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. You know, it's the bar. The walls. Yeah. Oh, it's I mean, it's like my favorite pizza in like you give me like that sausage with a little jardinera on. Oh that, yeah, I mean that's fantastic. Yeah. It's it's like the I empty know. bottle of pizza places, you know. I mean, it it never <laughs> changes. Well, I wish it was closer. Yeah, <laughs> I also really really like. The, I mean, I like Giordano's. I like Gino's. Mm -hmm. I like those things. And I really like Pequod's. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. When they're when when it's a good pizza, I like it a lot. Yeah. Yep. Awesome. Right. I love pizza friendly pizza. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Unbelievable. I, I will not mention that. <laughs> um, so, I mean, why, why do you, you know, if you like, if, if you want, you know, chicken fingers one day and then you want, you know, or if you want chicken Parmesan, which is my favorite dish in the world one mm -hmm. day, and then you want, roast chicken one day why do you have to pick between the two right right <laughs> I, I love yep. that answer yep uh, come on now you win the award for the most impassioned answer for the <laughs> so far so uh so the next one is a loaded question i'm going to give the the pre uh call out that you can't name one of the venues that you own uh what is your favorite venue to see a show at in chicago the empty bottle <laughs> and, I heard, and by the way i heard what you said but it's still it's still my favorite place yeah. on earth to sit at the end of the bar and mm -hmm. watch a show there so absolutely yeah. i i dare you to find a better place right <laughs> I, I won't do it i won't do right it. I, yeah. I love the boss yes. uh, i dare you 
<laughs> so uh what do you think makes the chicago music scene or, or venue scene uh unique or different than that of like you know you're, you're starting to move your way into new york uh with the food hall there uh in comparison you know people have a lot of different thoughts about it. what do you think makes chicago unique as far as their music their their independent venues or their venues the, the yeah, music scene the, the community I think, first of all, the thing that I really appreciate about Chicago's music scene is the that that community that's built around the place. When uh, we first started, we did this uh, the jazz series, which was an improvised music series, mm-hmm. and to be able to get different people from different bands, different genres, all playing together, mm-hmm. trying to trying right. to improvise and collaborate on music it really kind of opened my eyes as to like to have these folks that were in this city really trying to bang it out to make it all work for everybody um the thing that i really like about the different you know the way that our venues are set up is i kind of like the fact that different venues specialize in different music and mm-hmm. that while we all compete with each other in one way or another that there that everybody kind of has like their thing that it's like oh you know yeah i'm gonna go to you know bottom lounge or i go to the hideout or you know Mm -hmm. wherever it is Mm -hmm. and there's a different personality that each venue absolutely yeah absolutely i like that right yeah same uh you know if you're going to the beat kitchen what a beat kitchen show is primarily going to be like yeah right yeah i like that me too uh we're going to be respectful of your time. So I'm going to ask you two more questions to be very quick. Uh, this one's my favorite one. And the next one is going to be like uh, anything you'd like to plug. So you can start thinking about that while I answer this question, ask this question. Uh, we're huge fans of cheap drinks. Um, you know, there's like a reason why I always like going to the bottle, right? Uh, <laughs> to, to, to crush some high life there. Uh, what is your go-to favorite cheap drink? And if you don't drink anymore, um what's your your favorite na like a, i like a mean diet coke myself um right now if I, it's an na drink i like a hoppy refresher or okay. what i really like is if you ever see those highball machines in in uh-huh. bars yeah if you ask them to go to just move the lever to the right it'll give you the best carbonated water you can have so that's a little bar trick for you. Wow. Bar hey. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Right. Pro move there. <laughs> um, there is a bourbon called JTS Brown, and I think it's like an $8 bottle of bourbon, which if you put it in a glass with a bunch of ice, I will sip on as much as I can. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, like I'm not a real big beer drinker, but right now I, I, I started kind of drinking beer again, and I really like... Um, uh the goose hunt 312 and i know it's based but please people i just started drinking beer again so i have no <laughs> idea what's out there so i gotta start somewhere all right uh, i love it cool. um if if i'm going for man but, but nothing's you know like a- anything that is good quality is going to cost money so yeah i guess you mm-hmm. just got to decide where you are and what 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 you right. want sure yeah you've given us something to think about with sneaking special drinks out of that, that machine, so. 
Yeah, but I was just thinking about like if if I you know if going to Money Gun to get you know if you really wanted a Manhattan or an old fashioned or something like that or getting one at Longman or something like that, mm-hmm. and I'm only plugging my places tonight mm-hmm. because yes. God damn it, I deserve it. <laughs> yes, um, I you know you 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 might have to pay some money for it, but. You know, you understand why you did after you drank it. Yeah. You're not happening, ending up at one of those bars by like happenstance, right? Like you're going out there for a specific reason. Yes. I have, I have a need that needs to be filled. Yeah. Darn it. (laughs) Uh, All right. Now our, our last question is you're a very busy man. Uh, 16 on center has got a lot going on. There's endless shows out there. Uh, What, is the thing that has you most excited? What do you want to plug on your way on out of here over the next couple of months? We'll say till the end of the year. You know what? I ain't plugging nothing. <laughs> here's Respect. here's what I'm plugging. Here's what I'm plugging. Okay. Let's have a good Thanksgiving. And I don't know when this thing's coming out. Let's have a good New Year's Eve. Mm-hmm. Let's all yeah. be nice to each other. Let's all be nice to each other. That's that's an amazing oh, answer. It sounds we awesome. Can, we, can, we can do this. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. All right. Uh, I like to swear. Fuck yeah. Uh, <laughs> Bruce, I just want to say thank you so much mm-hmm. for, for taking the time. Uh, truly remarkable story. And yeah, the, I think the exciting thing is that there's still more to come. You didn't say what it is. I just imagine someday there's going to be a venue open at the top of the Sears Tower, Willis <laughs> Tower, and you'll be like, oh, this is a 16 on center venue. Okay, cool. <laughs> well, the one at the one at the Hancock is open now. So, I mean, yes. maybe okay. that's, uh, there you go. There you go. That hey. could be it. It's go time. Yeah. No, we, uh, we I just have, say, have you guys have you guys ever been to the Damon Silos? I have not. It's like down by uh the Steve no, the Eisenhower? Uh down by the what is 55? Oh, the Stevenson. Stevenson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go look at pictures of it online. I want okay. that place. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You heard it okay. here first. All right. You heard it that here first. Great. All right. Well, we, 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 we thank you for bringing great music to Chicago yeah. for so many years. It's, yeah. it's wonderful. I hope you continue doing it. Yeah. Thank you for fighting and, the good fight. And I will say it right back to you guys. Like, look, it is a pleasure to have people interested in what we're doing and what I'm doing. And, you know, I am very humble about the fact that, you know, I know that I don't go very far unless I have people that like what we're doing. So mm-hmm. I appreciate your interest in it. I appreciate you wanting Absolutely. to tell the story and, you know, I hope I don't Anytime get hit by this. come back on, ambulance. just let us know. <laughs> All right. Beautiful. All right. Yeah, All right. Take care. Thanks, Bruce. Have a great night. Thanks so much for listening today. We are no wristbands. We drink for free. Music of course has been provided by Merlin wall. Please check them out on Spotify or on Bandcamp. Please also subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter at No Wristbands and check out our website at NoWristbands.com. 